Welcome to Reboot the Sequel, a podcast that reviews and discusses movies that are sequels or reboots to other movies. I'm your host, Vin Rodriguez, and with me sometimes is Guess. Warning, spoilers ahead. Welcome to my podcast, everyone. Um, today I'm joined by my friend Emily. Hi. Hi. Uh, Emily and I recently discovered that we both love uh, comedies and kind of like lowbrow, maybe comedies yeah ones that are just silly yeah i i agree so today we're doing miss congeniality uh namely miss congeniality part two armed and fabulous starring sandra bullock from 2005 so to talk a little bit about miss congeniality the first one uh which came out in 2000 uh i was surprised the rotten tomato scores weren't great it was really yeah 41 critic but 69 user yeah. And I, I liked this movie when I first saw it. Oh, yeah. it's I kind of considered it a classic because it was just silly. Yeah. Right? And and one of the things that I think people forget about Sandra Bullock is she's, she's kind of a gifted physical comedian. Yeah. She's totally willing to just do whatever stupid thing you tell her to, including jumping in the audience while dressed in some sort of weird Germanic <laughs> Like, And she's just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Who am I jumping on? <laughs> Yeah, the, the more I read about Sandra Bullock, the more I'm like, you know, I bet she's fun to hang out with. Part one is about, so Sandra Bullock plays an FBI agent who's, I guess, very tomboyish. And uh, there's a serial bomber on the loose. And they believe that the bomber is going to strike the Miss USA pageant. And so they give her a makeover so she can pretend to be Miss New Jersey and find the bad guy. Yeah. And along the way, there's, um, oh, man, now I can't remember the guy who plays Captain Kirk, William. Oh, William Shatner. William Shatner's the, the host. And, and I mean, like, the, the, this movie actually has an amazing cast because it has William Shatner and Candace Bergen and Benjamin Bratt and yeah. Ernie Michael Hudson. Caine. Michael Caine. Yes. Michael freaking Caine is in it. Michael Caine um, is the guy who gives her the, like, the makeover, the specialist uh, who works right. Beauty Queens. Yes. I mean, I, I did like this movie. I thought it was silly. It's it's very Sandra Bullock. She does a lot of those movies where she's a little bit not the f- most fabulous, if you will. And, yeah. you know, ends up with the guy anyway. And there is like the subplot of the, the love story with Benjamin Bratt. Right. Which I was never really happy about. But it is. Well, and after watching this movie, I actually looked up one of the reasons that they did Miss Geniality 2 and part of the reason it's plotted as it is is because Sandra Bullock actually felt strongly that maybe her character didn't need to end up with the guy. Yeah, um, and on, you know, honestly, as I'm watching, as I was rewatching part one, and I've watched this movie a million times, you know, it it seems cute, and it, I know it's very much of its time period, but it's kind of like, oh, you only liked her, or you only looked at her when you when she got the makeover. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel that I have felt that pain, so. I've never really been made over and I'm just bad oh. at dating. So I've never <laughs> felt that pain. Cause... Oh, I've had the, I lost 25 pounds and now you like, oh. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like not cool. But, but every time I see this movie, I, at the end with the, you know, when, when she's beating on Miss Rhode Island, trying to get the mm-hmm. crown away from her, I just die laughing. It's hilarious. Like the last, like the final saving everybody with 
William Shatner singing and um, <laughs> what's her, I don't, I'm bad at names and I don't remember things, but like Miss Rhode Island's in tears. Yeah, I know. And, and then all of a sudden she throws the crown up at the set yeah. and it just explodes. And I, it's just I, like. Don't forget she punched Miss Texas. Oh, she punches Miss Texas too. Yeah, Miss like, Texas falls back into the crowd. It's just, it's a really cool little action sequence that's also hilarious. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do like choreography and mm-hmm. like how many times did they have to do that? Or, or it's because they were exploding something, it's likely that they only had one chance. They just, and it's just this wonderful mess of what even is happening here. Yeah. Ridiculousness. And one of the things that I do like about both that one and this, like, because I was watching it again today, just to kind of figure out what I did actually like about Miss Congeniality too, is that mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock is willing to let other people shine even though she's the star because that's kind of the brilliant of that brilliance of that last little scene right william shatner has his moments miss rhode island has mm-hmm. her moments there's all these little bits and pieces of things that are happening and then sandra bullock gets to throw the crown mm-hmm. but everybody gets their last little you're in the movie yeah you know moment. actually i was just reading about this I, I forgot who the actor was and you know maybe it's better so i don't name names but apparently Benjamin Bratt hadn't been the first choice for um, his congeniality. But the, the guy who was first choice, he wanted his um, character to be like expanded and not, I guess, play second fiddle to Sandra Bullock's character. Well, it's her movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's a misunderstanding of exactly what a Sandra Bullock movie is and who who people are going to see. We all know who we want to see in that particular case. Yeah, and you know, I've seen many, many Sandra Bullock movies when she does kind of the same role. I saw Two Weeks Notice. I've seen yeah. when, While You Were Sleeping. I've seen a lot of Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she just does good movies. What is I actually, I actually got caught watching, um, oh my God, I can't, I, I'm terrible with memories and stuff, but the one with Ryan Reynolds where he's her assistant and has to pretend to be her fiance so she doesn't get deported. The proposal. Saw that The proposal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Betty White. Betty White. And again, you know, Ryan Reynolds is just another very generous actor. And so you can tell that like these things, even though they're the stars, they're sharing with all these other people like, Mm -hmm. um, like Betty White, who just gets to do some, some borderline racist stuff in the woods. Yeah, but, you know, you kind of have to forgive Betty White because at least she's not pretending to be a real Native American or pretending like it's anything other than something she made up. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. So, um, Miss Congeniality anyway. 2, which is confirmed yeah. and fabulous, and I forgot that it had a subtitle, came out five years later, and um, the scores on Rotten Tomatoes weren't very generous. Uh, 16 critic, 43 user. I, I rewatched this when you mentioned it for the podcast because I don't think I had seen it since maybe, I know pre-2010. I saw this movie maybe once or twice. I was very disappointed in it. And yeah, as, as I was rewatching it, I was trying to figure out why. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you start since um, you just yeah. saw it, you picked it. Yeah, and like I didn't remember this movie because I'm trying to think where I was in 2005 and because um, I lived abroad for several years. And so I would have been in, I believe South Korea at the time, which makes you like movies in English just a little bit more because not all of them make it over there. So I thought overall, like, I think I remember liking it more, but I think I was just kind of remembering the ending because there's a lot of, why are they doing this? 
So okay. Yeah. So let's see. To to it, it's a continuation. Sandra Bullock. I thought it started strong. Where um she yeah she can't um do undercover work because everyone recognizes her. You know, of course, yeah. she was on national television as Miss USA, probably internationally as well. Yeah, I thought the first and, twenty minutes were just a really clear explanation of why she can't be an undercover agent anymore. It was great. Yeah, and I think that is a totally, you know, valid reason of her maybe having like, oh, my, what am I going to do now? Like, what kind of FBI work can I do if everyone yeah. knows my face? And for some reason, Benjamin Bratt decided he didn't want to be in it, probably because he read the script. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I do think that there's this little scene where like she's all excited because she's going to go home and she's cooking dinner, which is, of course not something she really does so she's putting a chicken pot pie in the microwave um and he calls her and the thing is like they didn't even get him to be the other end of the phone call so it's literally oh, yes. just sandra bullock on the phone getting broken up with and yeah it's, it's kind of heartbreaking it's a really devastating scene because she's like well maybe i can just change more yeah so i mean that that did set off a whole I guess not separate plot, but just like a secondary thing of her issues. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's realistic because if he only started liking her when she got a makeover, then there's a certain amount of upkeep that not every woman wants to do. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it's believable, if, but disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, yeah. But I thought it was a really good way to set up why he's not here and what we're going to do instead. Yeah, which is her turning into like ultra, like crazy feminine and really annoying. As I would say in the movie, she turns into FBI Barbie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, which is just kind of annoying. I think that's where I first got annoyed because like, obviously, Michael Caine doesn't come back. So they have hired some other guy to be her stylist. And the, the first moment you see him, he's kind of coded as gay, but they don't say he's gay. Right. And then the first words out of his mouth is, please don't let her, please don't let her be a fatty. Please, no fatties. Please, no fatties. And I'm like, she's been on national television. You know what this woman looks like. <laughs> True. <laughs> what is the point of throwing in this fat joke? Also, he does a funny. lot of gay caricatures throughout. Yeah, it's, it's this weird, um, I, the character's name is Joel. And it's kind of like, this is not a gay actor. No, no, I know, I saw, I know him. I saw him in Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, he's he's just kind of a working actor, dude. Yeah, but he's um, it's like, why are you doing it this way? Because if I remember correctly, like Michael Caine's character is also kind of coded as gay, but it's not unkind or quote unquote gay. Yeah, it's no, he never like makes. This... I think the only the only sly gay joke is when he's trying to sneak in Benjamin Bratt, like, oh, he's with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like that's that's it. Yeah, everything and, else and is the just... joke isn't the yeah. joke isn't that he's gay. The joke is that And he's only doing it so he can sneak him in. <laughs> right. There's Whereas no... this guy Yeah. He's just like this weird and apparently like gay means weirdly bitchy. Because he keeps making these like strange double entendre jokes that are just like, that's not funny. Yeah. You know, I feel like that that's that could be an entire paper of yeah. you know, how straight actors portrayed the gay sidekick. Yeah. In these and like, yeah, there's just like these weird little ones. The other one that I remembered happens later where another FBI agent threatens to send him to prison and his answer is, well, which one? And I'm like, yes. what does that even yes. mean? Like this, no. I know. Is there a prison where the men are hotter or something? I don't and, think that's and, a thing. And like the thing is like, 
maybe there's something there at the difference between a state prison and a federal prison, but because he's been making these weird things all along the line that you're just like, what? (laughs) I don't get it. But yeah, so you start with that and then she has to be completely made over, which also kind of goes into this weird kind of greatest hits from the last movie situation where you've got, Mm -hmm. so you've already started with like the microwave that won't close. Mm -hmm. And then um, you've got snorts she has to do. They have to do the sing self-defense thing. They have to do all these little greatest hits from the last movie, um, which is just weird. Um, but we also get Regina King. Yeah, she was, she was the... next on my list because yeah. um, I actually just rewatched Legally Blonde Part 2 um, for the podcast. And oh it's my. Regina King. Yeah, I looked her up on Internet Movie Database to see who she was when this movie was made. And she was just kind of like, well-respected actress that ends up in sequels does a lot of tv um but it's not the regina king we have now the oscar winner the oscar nominated director um i know it's so it's so amazing to see how far she's come because those were two very bad movies this one and the legally blonde too yeah i haven't seen that one in a while i need to look at it again but the best thing in both of them is Regina King. Regina King. I'm assuming. Because she's like, I remember, so I'm, I'm originally from Montana and I'm, uh, so I'm a white girl from Montana, but I remember when I was a kid, my favorite TV show was 227 and Regina King was on it. That's oh, how she got her start. But I, I still remember her being like one of the best things about that show. And it's a show full of really great people. Like mm-hmm. she can just light up a screen and it's, you kind of see these things. Like if you go back and look at her um, roster, I guess on internet movie database, you can tell that like Hollywood's been rooting for her for quite some time. Cause they'll give her this lead in the sequel. They'll give her this other thing. They'll let really let her show off mm-hmm. that she just didn't catch until all of a sudden she's in If Beale Street Could Talk and I think she had Watchmen probably loaded right after it and everybody's just like, oh yeah. Regina King. Regina King. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah. So she, she's very much almost like, like Sandra Bullock started in the first one, just like the very, I'm a tough FBI agent. Although she's a little bit over the top on the, on the violence. Yeah, there's a little bit of um, angry black woman problem with that particular character but they do kind of address it as it goes like whenever mm-hmm. um at one point they're waiting in the airport and sandra bullock like puts on a black woman voice and regina king has a moment to just be like don't do that <laughs> or she says she says don't do that again mm-hmm. <laughs> which and 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 she doesn't but um yeah so it's the angry black woman has to learn to be less angry and then you've got fbi barbie who needs to re- re- remember how to be a human right kind of the plot but i thought so like the, the moment where sandra bullock comes around and then they they have that scene with her and regina king coming out of the place and they're you know she's back in in the suit you know like the FBI yes. suit and and then five minutes later she's in a showgirl outfit yes oh, oh god <laughs> Yeah, and like the showgirl outfits, I don't really get, but I do appreciate that. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I have a lot of things that I appreciate about it from a costume design standpoint, and mm-hmm. just Sandra Bullock's completely, complete willingness to wear that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just feel like I, when I was rewatching it, I'm like, you know, I guess I kind of feel like I wish that she would have solved the crime as herself instead of having to put on another outfit for a beautiful woman. After she said, oh, no, I don't need to, I don't need all this, like, fancy stuff. I can just be me again. Yeah. 
And there's some weird subtext, which I don't know if she's actually being her or if she's technically being a man dressed as a woman, because they're in a drag. Oh club. yeah, no, 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 they are. This is um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you ever heard of the movie Connie and Carla. Yes, vaguely. Yeah. So it's it's like that where they are women pretending to be men dressed like women. Yes. So yeah, they are um, they are doing that. All right. Yeah. Well, like I knew that I knew that Regina King was. I just wasn't really clear yeah. on what's going on there with Sandra Bullock. Well, I think because her assistant also comes out in the same outfit, it's supposed to be like yes. they're both. But I think this is also kind of like a theme for the entire movie where you're just like. I'm not exactly sure what you're going for, but it's not quite successful. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Although um, I have comments on the Tina Turner part, which, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so the plot oh. of the movie, wait. Oh, no, I was going to, I was actually going to say, um, you, you can go on, you can go ahead. <laughs> so we'll get there. So, so they end up, what happens is Miss United States, um, who's Miss Rhode Island, whose name is Cheryl, gets kidnapped with William Shatner, the host of it, because they were doing some sort of appearance and then they get kidnapped by a couple of mooks and held hostage for ransom. Yeah. And one of the mooks is Nick Offerman. I know. <laughs> which is just, so I do think to some, and this again, kind of, because um, I'm looking at things on Internet Movie Database and I'm, mm -hmm. as best I can tell, Sandra Bullock seems to be a lovely human because um, I guess she was on a TV show with Nick Offerman. And like, if you look at a lot of the casting with this, I think to some extent she's calling up her actor friends that she knows are good, who kind of need a part. And she's just like, hey, you're going to put this guy in there, which is kind of cool. Well, I, he's great. I was very, yeah. like, now that after all these years, I know who that is. Yeah. And, and he's, he's always been a really good actor, even when he's not playing his Parks and Rec kind of gruffy, yeah. libertarian dude. He's, so whenever you see Nick Offerman, you're just like, oh, yeah, this will be okay. The movie kind of isn't, but it's not because of him. Yeah, no, it's not his fault. I, I think that we can honestly say what is wrong with the movie is the writing. Yes, it's it not a good script. It's not the acting at all. I think the, yeah, the writing, things are, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to pinpoint it, but I think it was, it was too much of her. She has the whole thing about being recognized everywhere, but then it yeah. didn't really become a major plot point. It was just like a thing that happens sometimes. It wasn't really at the heart of, her and the FBI. Right. You know, her her turning into FBI Barbie was kind of like a dual excuse where, well, I can't be a regular FBI agent. My boyfriend just dumped me. Fine. I guess I'll I'll do this. Yeah. And he doesn't just dump her. He like dumps her and leaves town, which is the <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so they get down there and the the guy who's running it is um just kind of like there's a misunderstanding of her role. Like she thinks she's there to help find her friend. And everybody else thinks she's there to be the face of the FBI and do press conferences. So yeah. she keeps trying to solve the crime and then she keeps getting yelled at by her, technically her superior officer, that mm -hmm. that's not why she's there. And he yeah. doesn't do it in a nice way. He does it in a really misogynist way, which of course is the point. And then you have this B plot with a woman from, who made most of her money on Law and Order and a guy who used to be on Without a Trace. Those are their names. Um, but also, <laughs> again, we have... We ha the, the guy from Without a Trace is poor man's Benjamin Bratt, right? Like he's, mm -hmm. he's in everything where they can't get Benjamin Bratt. But I have a question for you. Mm. So in, in one, Benjamin Bratt plays Agent Matthews and this guy's playing Agent Foreman. And I just would like to know why all of their Latino uh. FBI agents have white names. 
you know it's it's a it's a thing that has happened sometimes yeah and like (laughs) so now that i have hbo max i will occasionally find find one of my police procedurals and just watch the whole thing so i recently watched all of without a trace Mm -hmm. and when they brought this guy on they actually did a whole thing about why he has white sounding last name he had a stepfather his real father wasn't there. He took his stepfather's name to mm-hmm. honor him. It's it's almost as elaborate as like why Garcia on um, that other one about serial killers is blonde and obviously not Latina. But mm-hmm. why does she have a Latina name? It's like, again, well, it's something about a father. And I mean, my, my guess is probably the character was written before they cast it. But he, here's a fun fact. Uh, since I'm, I'm doing a podcast on The Crow, Edward oh, Furlong yeah. is half Mexican. Is he? Yes. So like you would never yeah. have I would never have guessed that. Yeah, and that's that's you kind of get into the thing about like ethnicity and race and those how they're different and that kind of thing, but yeah, it's um I think just that's another paper there is the number of Latino and Latina actors who have had to not be that in order to get more jobs. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually Martin Sheen just came out talking about how he wished he hadn't uh lost his last name as for a stage name, you know. Because it's like Estevez. Right. And it's really funny that one son kept it and the other son didn't. And they both did very well. Yeah. For for a period of time. Yes. I mean, uh, professionally speaking. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, if you watch, um, I I think uh, one of the Machete sequels, they built Charlie Sheen as Carlos Estevez. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I remember the commercial. I'm like, oh, look at that. That's a choice. Yeah. 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 Okay, but, but anyway, back to Tangent. the movie. So they've got Agent Matthews, and I can't remember the name of the woman, but like he's hopelessly in love with her, and she's just kind of messing with him. And we find out why in a couple scenes later. But like, mm-hmm. so they're trying to negotiate all of this, and Gracie's trying to like figure it out to the point where she's not doing her publicity job at all. And she, um, Regina King's supposed to be her bodyguard, and she, she notices something about the limo driver, and so she sneaks off to a bar to ask him questions doesn't tell anybody where she's going. And this is where we first learned someone who looked like Dolly Parton asked him to park a little bit further from the door than usual. Yes. I'm very happy with the Dolly Parton cameo. Yes. <laughs> so, of course, she's running late for the, her um, press conference. She's missed it the next morning. And who do they see across the way? They see someone who looks an awful light like Do- Dolly Parton. So, of course, she has to chase her down. And of course, it is actually Dolly Parton, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those, again, so many really great people in this movie. And maybe I I would watch the version of it where they recruit Dolly Parton and Regina King and Sandra Bullock and Dolly Parton have to go solve the crime. I would watch that. Yeah, no, I feel like this movie had potential, but I don't know, something got lost in the writing or the editing or something. Um, Yeah. But I like the plot idea. Right. You know? And it's, yeah. I, like, I, I it, like, I think it was very obvious that, yeah, how, what is she going to do now? And I like that. I don't like that whole annoying. Oh, my God. I just found this so, her so annoying that she went full on FBI Barbie. She was, like, so dismissive of mean and that little girl. Yeah. Um, that but, was... I, but I like that at the very least, it was her friend being in trouble that, you know, really put some sense into her. Right. There was, there's one moment where so this little girl up, comes up and asks her for her book to be signed and she tells her to get her hair out of her face and like that's oh, the one that just kind of because yeah. granted she had a point the hair was like 
covering two thirds of her face, mm-hmm. but also like you would never have said that to anybody. Yeah, no, and I think your kid. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like Gracie never oh, yeah. would have said that to anybody. No, of course she not. never would have said that ever. And that's I think that's where the whole FBI Barbie thing really takes away because it's it doesn't feel genuine to a character that I think a lot of us really liked or really mm-hmm. identified with. And she's just not that anymore. She's mean. She's totally mean girl and meaner than any of the other girls at the pageant ever were to her. Yeah. So that kind of takes you out of it a little bit. And mm-hmm. then there's like a series of scenes where it seems like what weird thing can we put Sandra Bullock in? Cause like she dresses up as an old lady as they're, they're kind of following a parallel version yeah. of the case. Cause I like the old lady one though. Yeah. It was, it was a funny costume, Yeah. but I kind of was just like, this is why are we here? (laughs) Um, And the plot line is, is like the FBI is following this as if um, it's Cheryl's kidnapping. They must've been after Miss United States. Whereas Gracie realizes by by dressing up as an old lady and going to a nursing home, realizes that Stan, the William Shatner character is who they are actually after. And they just kind of accidentally got Miss Miss United States because Cheryl prevented them from taking him by himself. Yeah. She's trying to save him. Well, she was in the way, and also I, I feel like, I mean, she if they left her, she would have been telling the police, oh, they're in this car, they look like this. Well, and because I just watched this a few hours ago, she mm-hmm. actually, there's a moment where Sandra Bullock says, see that wrist lock? I taught her that wrist lock, so she grabbed onto him yeah. and prevented them from leaving her. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that, because two heads are better than one, and they're less mm-hmm. likely to kill both of them, because yeah. that's twice as many bodies you have to hide. So, um, <laughs> but anyway... Stan, Stan has a gambling problem, and so that's why he's been kidnapped. And part of this plot is they keep trying to put them on a plane, so they end up doing a lot of bonding in airports, mm-hmm. where, where they're actually sitting down and talking to each other. Um, and Regina King calls her out on, like, I thought if I could get along with, because she's about to be fired um, from mm-hmm. the FBI because she's too aggressive, which I mean, you know, just don't punch people all the time at work, I guess. Yeah, well, she was, she was <laughs> assaulting other FBI agents, too. Yeah. Not just and, you know, criminals. Yeah, and you know, I'm positive, you know, being a black woman in the FBI, she probably had some reasons to punch a couple of them. Yes. But yes. I'm sure they be more them. subtle about it. Like <laughs> and, and and when your boss tells you to stop, stop. Yeah. I but, mean it takes like, a lot to get to the FBI, you know? It's it's yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, but um and that's that's kind of one of the problems with the writing is it's her her character is very little more than just pissed off black woman we we find out later they have a little bit of a slumber party moment where they bond because they both have one dead parent mm-hmm. um which is really sweet because they start talking to each other as people and they decide they're going to be friends but like we could have had a little bit more character development before that maybe and that's when they both decide they're going to walk out the gracie decides she's going to get back in the suit mm-hmm. um, because regina king actually mentions that um she thought that like the suit wearing Gracie, whatever her name is, is somebody that she could totally get along with. Gracie's like, I miss that person and decides that she's going to go back to it. And then they dress up like men pretending to be women yep. and go to the drag club. Yeah. Um, because they're still looking for a woman who looks like Dolly Parton. I mean, I, I, I think that was reasonable that it was a drag queen. <laughs> At least they I found was, her. I was amazed that they didn't get to drag queen sooner, honestly. It's Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Uh, but and then um, how is it that they figured out it was a it was a boat oh because they cheryl um 
Cheryl in her second, so she's done, had to do a couple of like proof of life things to yeah. get the ransom. She says that something about they need to get their booty in gear to get the money that's owed, which eventually clues Gracie in booty goes to pirate ship because mm -hmm. Cheryl has overheard their plan, which is to put Miss United States and Stan in the bottom of the pirate ship that sinks as part of this Las Vegas show. Yeah, I like, I okay. mean, I thought that was a good scene when, you know, the boat is sinking. And... Yeah. But first, first, before they could get to talk to Dolly Parton, they have to win a talent contest, which gives like the reason that I wanted to do this movie, which was Regina King dressed, pretending to be a man dressed as Tina Turner, lip syncing slash singing to Rollin' on the River, because that was what I remembered from this movie was this moment of Regina King just kind of being Tina Turner and not apologizing for it in any way, shape or form. And it didn't play as well as I remembered it playing, but it's one, every now and again, when I'm watching movies, you have that moment where it's just like, who is that again? Because they're just owning the movie for a moment there. And it's also one of the only moments in the movie where you feel like everybody is actually having a really good time doing this. But maybe that's just me. The because dance break in the middle for da the dancing and the dance break in the middle. Yeah. Which, because um, the only way they can get backstage is if they're a finalist. And so she has to be Tina Turner. And we did, of course, have the moment where, because this is like 2005, right? So nobody's woke yet. Nobody's thinking about it too much. But like Sandra Bullock says, I don't see why I couldn't have been Tina. And yeah. then Regina King has, has the response, really, you don't see that. And then Sandra responds with, well, I'm the one who's the bigger fan. And it's, it's no. nice to see something like that in there where like, they're not, they're completely making fun of Gracie. Yeah. And it's all about the clueless white person being clueless because Gracie would care very much about being the main character. But it's a moment where you see that Sandra Bullock mm -hmm. doesn't. Sandra Bullock's just like, we're going to let Regina King shake her ass and yeah. have a really good time. And I'm going to be the showgirl in the back doing some terrible dancing wearing a giant pink feather thing on my head mm -hmm. and it's going to be all about regina king for a solid two minutes yeah. which i thought was kind of cool and regina king really goes for it yeah but, and... i mean it's 2005 so uh, you know gracie is probably one of those well i don't see color Maybe yeah i don't think that she gracie doesn't see any color but what's <laughs> nice is that the movie didn't let her um, exactly exactly it's one of the one of the few, like, again, there's a good movie in here somewhere. Yes. I don't know where it is, but it's in there because mm -hmm. there's so many really talented people in it. But, but yeah, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was that moment of Regina King pretending to be a drag queen, pretending to mm -hmm. be Tina Turner, because she just goes for it. And it's one of the only moments where, like, everybody in the film is having a really good time just being silly. Yeah. And, um, and Regina and, King's character gets to have that, you know, experience where she's more reserved kind of person, but mm -hmm. she lets loose and she has to, honestly, to, you know, yeah. keep with the ruse so they can win, yeah. get backstage. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, she just, okay, this is what we're going to do now. This is what we're going to do now. And then they get all of the other, there's like at least eight people who are all doing Tina Turner for this drag queen contest. Yeah. And so they have all of them out there and like at, towards the end, they need a big finish to really get them backstage and she turns around and looks at all the Tinas and says lift me up and they say no 
Yeah. And she and holds up her badge, badge. <laughs> which also, where was that exactly? Because it's kind of a <laughs> And where did it go? And do we want the answer to that question? She doesn't remember that, she says, lift me up. And they do. And she gets this great Hollywood moment that I kind of feel like every working actress should have where they are being lifted up and just get to sparkle on stage, on screen for just a moment. That was the moment where I'm just like, who is that again? I've seen that actress before. She's mm -hmm. really good. And so I, you know, I'm really glad. Regina King's one of those people that was just, in 2005, she's just a working actress. There, there's this moment where like, you can see Hollywood kind of trying to get the United States to catch on, the world to catch on that this person is pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and it just still doesn't happen for another, what, 13 years. But yeah, so then they have to get backstage and then they get more information about Dolly Parton. And I don't really remember how this all goes together. Cheryl says something about booty and the thing. And somehow that clues them in that it's the pirate ship. Yeah. And so in full costume, they have to go to the pirate ship. You have to understand that Sarah Bull Sandra Bullock is wearing this canary yellow leotard mm -hmm. um, covered in rhinestones with like, the little skirt is kind of fringy rhinestones yeah. with this headpiece with an enormous hot pink feather thing that literally mm -hmm. goes down to her hips. It's at least, you know, four to five feet long. And she has a matching tail that is yeah. probably another eight feet long made out of like hot pink feather bullets. Which, get, um, which gets caught um, underwater in the boat and then she almost drowns yes. until Regina yeah. King saves her. Yeah. And on the way there, we get the wonderful, they like grab someone's car and we get the wonderful visual of them driving down the strip with the, the headpiece out the moonroof. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't is, even remember that. Yeah, that's, but that, that's a nice little moment of like, that's just funny because she mm -hmm. can't fit in the car while wearing it. She can't figure out how to get it off. Well, that was foreshadowing. Yeah, but something that they had to say is like, she can't get the headpiece off. And so they have to stick it through the moonroof. And then in the middle of the pirate show, the, the pirate, the ship sinks, Cheryl and Stan are in the bottom of it tied up. And so they'll, they'll drown if the ship sinks because nobody, nobody's supposed to be down there. Sandra Bullock manages to get the headpiece that won't come off off. So she's just dealing with the tail and swims down to release them both. But of course, one of the cannons rolls over the tail. And mm -hmm. so she is stuck. And so it briefly looks like she's going to die. But then Regina King dives in and saves her. Weirdly, no one thought that maybe like some sort of cutting device would be the best way to cut the, get rid of the I, tail. I, <laughs> see, I thought Regina King was just going to like take off the freaking outfit. I mean, I, I'm assuming yeah. she's wearing at least underwear under that, right? I think it would just been the most yeah. logical thing. Can I move a cannon underwater? Or can I yeah. unzip this outfit? Yeah, but no. We have to move the cannon underwater, which, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point, you're just like, you know, sure. Um, yeah. So everybody's very wet and they, they get to go up and Gracie made the choice because everybody wants to interview her and she says that she's not going to be interviewed ever again. Yeah, she's done with that. She's done. She's done being what she's going to be. And then she, of course, is that silly poem, the... Because again, there's a lot of this greatest hits. Like what when they're mm -hmm. chasing the bad guys through the casino, Regina King actually has to do that damn sing self-defense thing to take one of them out, which mm -hmm. makes sense because he's at least three feet taller than she is. So I'm not quite sure how she reached his nose, but she did. So she's doing that silly da 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 Oh yeah, yeah. Which she actually made up. I think Sandra Bullock made that up for part one, her on her own. 
and like when they're waiting outside the pool where the pirate ship is she says it like, i don't remember what she says mm -hmm. and then later when they go back she says it again you're you're gonna be my partner you have to like me you have to do something if someone shoots at me with a gun <laughs> and i'm i'm pretty impressed with regina king's ability to keep a straight face through that but that, yeah. i got like two minutes before yeah. my next meeting yeah yeah so, so that's yeah final and thoughts then, final thoughts there's a good movie in there i just don't know where it went you know that's a shame because there's some really really talented people in it and I just don't know. Yeah. Like, if they'd given her a different motivation than having to be a nasty, mean girl, maybe yeah, that like would have fixed it. Like, if she had been more conflicted about it, like, 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 I'm doing this and I'm putting on this happy face because I don't know what else to do right now because I can't work like I usually do for the FBI. You know, right. and then she goes backstage and she's like, oh, this is terrible. I hate it. Yeah. But she was in it. Yeah. And like, I think maybe just getting rid of Joel would have done a lot because if she, she, that was part of the plot of Miss Congeniality was learning how to do personal grooming that represented you. And so she did actually learn how to do that. So maybe they just didn't need a handler for her this time. Maybe they just needed someone to remind her not to say everything that comes out of her head. But, um, <laughs> but like there's, yeah. there's parts in it that are quite, have a lot of potential that are really funny. Um, and it's just a shame. Although I did catch on the internet that like they'd ask Sandra Bullock if she would ever do an, a third one and she was just like, yeah, no. Oh, no more third ones. And I think it was because this one just wasn't received well. And I think I think that she probably knew she's mm -hmm. a smart lady. I think everybody knew that there's no real reason to do another one. Um, no, I, I think maybe, that's OK. Maybe maybe years later, who knows, someone could take up yeah. the mantle or something. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it out of the water yet. I've definitely seen worse sequels. Yeah, it's there are worse sequels. There's just I wish that there had been more of a reason to do it, and they by they betrayed their character at the at the beginning. Yeah, and if they hadn't betrayed the character, there would have been something really interesting there. Because mm -hmm. when we got her back, it kind of picked up again. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the Sandra Bullock, the Gracie Lou we all fell in love with. Yeah, yeah. You know? and Sandra Bullock is just willing to do whatever it takes man um we watched together we watched the lost city and she has not lost that she is willing to look like an absolute fool for a laugh yeah and that that's to her credit so i i recommend and anyone listening watch the lost city that one was good yes um and thank you emily for yeah. joining me today thank you for having me i appreciate it This podcast was recorded on the iPhone 11 using the Anchor app. It worked out pretty well, but if somebody tries to call you on Zoom while you're doing the podcast, you will lose communication with the other person. Reboot the Sequel is created by Vin Rodriguez. Podcast cover made with Canva.com. Sound effects from freesound.org. If you have a movie you'd like us to review, you can email Vin at vinwritten at gmail.com.